Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. Uh, I'm going to be joined by a guest today to talk about some tonics and how she is incorporating it with a case. But before we do that, let's talk about our weekly insight. So the weekly insight before today is that Vision therapy works. Uh, I know that sounds like such a funny thing to say, but I had a a really cool thing happen the other day. Now, right, I've been doing vision therapy for a really long time. Uh, I've been out of school 10 years, but I also was a vision therapist before going to optometry school. So a really long time I've been doing vision therapy and it really never gets old when you change lives. So I had a patient in uh, uh, last week that a six-year-old male that had a what we call a divergence insufficiency type esotropia. So his esotropia is much greater in the distance than at near. Uh, his near is more auric, meaning it's not there all of the time. It's sort of his visual posture. So when I first saw him for his evaluation, I showed him the 3D book and he could identify that there was something there, but not the shapes. And he was like, you know, that he could identify which one, which box didn't have the the 3D image in it, but he really, like I said, the, it was more amorphous figures than shapes. So he just had his first reeval last week, and he has been in therapy for I think 11 sessions. So we reevaled him a little early, and when I showed him the 3D book to check it out, he was holding the book and he looked at me. He looked at the book and he looked at the me again and looked back at the book, and then he said to me, "Oh." my gosh, there's shapes here. I thought that you were lying that there were shapes last time. And I said, no, I told you there were shapes. He was like, wait, I could see a circle, a star, a square, a triangle, a plus sign. He could see all of the RDS figures and he was never able to see them before. And it was such an exciting moment because we often don't get these like light bulb moments uh, or that people can really communicate this. And I could see in his face the excitement that all his hard work coming to the office twice a week from a pretty far distance pay off that his vision is improving and his depth perception was improving. So it was just so exciting to see. And it just made me, you know, just really appreciate the things that we're able to do in vision therapy and the the way that we change lives. And I'm excited because he is only 11 sessions in and we're getting such a great response. I can't wait to see where he goes Uh, because after about four to six feet, he starts to suppress again. So definitely have our work cut out for us, but I know that this is going to be a success story. And I just wanted to share that with you uh, because it was so special. So now let's get talking about our guest. Our guest today is going to be Dr. Tanya Bloom. She graduated magna cum laude from Boston University with a Bachelor of Arts in Biological Anthropology. She then spent three years in clinical research at Weill Cornell in their hematology oncology department. She then attended optometry school at the SUNY College of Optometry, where she worked as a student research assistant and completed four year rotations in the areas of ocular disease, contact lens, head trauma, pediatrics, and vision therapy. Upon graduating, she completed a residency 
She completed a residency specializing in vision therapy and rehabilitation at Eye Care Associates PC in Connecticut and went on to train the upcoming resident optometry school interns and vision therapists in the diagnosis and treatment of binocular, accommodative, ocular motor, and visual perceptual disorders in pediatric brain injury and general populations. Dr. Bloom performs comprehensive eye exams for all patients of all ages, evaluating ocular health and treatment of ocular diseases, fitting contact lenses, and evaluating functional vision. She is the founder of Whole Picture Health and Vision, an interdisciplinary center that strives to work with other health professionals to achieve maximum results in treating vision disorders. She has completed postgraduate training and is a member of the College of Optometrists and Vision Development, Neurooptometric Rehabilitation Association, College of Syntonic Optometry, Optometric Extension Program, Ocular Wellness and Nutrition Society, and American Academy of Optometry. And she has recently earned her fellowship in the American Academy of Optometry. She's a member of her local and state or optometric organizations and volunteers her time at Ithaca Free Clinic performing eye exams to patients with financial hardship. She's also a infancy provider. We are so excited to have Dr. Bloom on the podcast. So welcome, Dr. Tanya Bloom. I did a little introduction uh, before uh, coming on, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you found optometry and then the specialty of vision therapy. Sure. So um, I grew up in New York State, and I'd say probably around the age of six or so was when I figured out that I wanted to be an eye doctor. So it was really a lifelong passion for me. (laughs) Um, And I really didn't know much about vision therapy or that field at all before optometry school. Um, I'll rewind a little bit. I had done my undergrad at Boston University, which you probably mentioned in the introduction. And after that, I spent a few years doing some clinical research, which was really great just to give me a little bit of a background and say a little bit of a break (laughs) before getting into graduate school, learning a little bit more about contact lenses. And that was really an interest of mine. And then when I started at SUNY, probably around my second year of school there, I was introduced to the field of vision therapy and really just gravitated towards that. I really loved the interdisciplinary nature of the field, um, working with pediatrics, which is certainly not something that I thought I would like, um, and in particular, working with concussion patients. So pretty much from then on out, I saw it every opportunity I could to spend time in a rehab clinic or other, um, including during my fourth year rotations. And then once I finished optometry school, I went on and did a residency with a private practice in Connecticut, Dr. Randy Shulman. Um, And that was a really awesome experience just to learn more about the field of, of vision therapy rehab. I was introduced to the field of syntonics, which Again, in optometry school, I really hadn't learned much, if anything, (laughs) about that. And through uh, Dr. Schulman, who was my mentor, she introduced me to Dr. Larry Wallace, who is one of the big names in Syntonics. Um, He's practicing here in Ithaca, New York. We came up to visit the practice in Shadow, and while we were there, he pretty much asked if I wanted to take over the practice. Um, so that fell in my lap a little bit. Okay, I love that. <laughs> a serendipitous meeting, if you will, right? That's right. That's right. So that was back in 2019. 
So in June of 2019, we moved from New York City up to Ithaca, bought the practice in the fall, and we've been here ever since and, and loving it. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that story. And I love what I love that you like knew you wanted to be an optometrist from when you were younger. Was it because you had glasses or? Yeah, I think that was a big part of it. You know, just having poor vision from a young age. Um, my great aunt was a, a doctor actually back in Russia, and she was a really big inspiration to me, you know, about being out on her own and medical care. And so that really pushed me again, a little bit further in that direction, but the eye and everything about it has always really fascinated me. So I knew that's what I wanted to specialize in from very early on. That's wonderful. So as our listeners know, we've been in this syntonic series, right? We did a lot of background information. So you're going to be our first case series. So tell our listeners what brought your patient in to see you and what did you find on your clinical exam? Sure. So uh, my patient was a 42-year-old female who came in after she was in a car accident. It was about five, four or five weeks before she came to see me. So I'd say fairly acute. Symptomatically, she had a whiplash injury and the local university will often send their concussion patients, especially if they have visual symptoms. So that's how she ended up in my chair was a referral. Her primary symptoms included difficulty concentrating, headaches, especially pressure around her head. She felt like she was reading more slowly than she would like. And she was about a month out from trying to finish her PhD dissertation. So it felt really (laughs) dramatic for her to try and get some help. Um, Issues with balance for which she was seeing a physical therapist increase in her floaters and then some neck and shoulder tightness. Okay. And what did you diagnose her with? Sure. So we went through her exam And the main findings I had had were basically a convergence excess, meaning she really wanted, tended to over converge her eyes. Her eyes were pointing closer than what she was looking at. I'd say just overall with her binocular vision, her endurance was fairly low. She just couldn't really maintain eye teaming near or far for very long periods of time. And just some mild challenges with tracking. So being able to maintain her eyes smoothly, as well as doing larger jumps, what we call saccadic dysfunction. Um, So certainly those were the primary diagnoses that I had given her. She's also fairly nearsighted. So she wears glasses and sometimes contact lenses to correct for her vision. Right. And I I like that you highlighted that, that her stamina for her ability to converge and maintain near work was effective because some of our numbers, right? It's like very black and white, but when you are a set, it's almost like the quality of their responses are just as important as like the quantity of them. And especially with our traumatic brain injury population, right? They, um, especially if they're high functioning, like your patient was, right? She was in her PhD dissertation. She was definitely a high functioning visual being. Uh, right. And then gets into a car accident, gets a concussion. And then for her, right, her visual demands are greater than 
say, a fisherman, right? And it was for her, her stamina was what the problem was, right? She could kind of do it and she could make it work. Uh, but that that ability to maintain for long periods of time that, that, she, that her lifestyle required was just not there anymore and super frustrating on her end, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah. So now tell me, what was your treatment plan for your patient? Like, what was your approach to her care and, and where did you start? You know, was it a change in her prescription or, or where, where'd you go? Right. So, so we took a, a few different approaches. The, the first one was since she's primarily wearing her glasses during the day, I did apply some binasal occlusion to her lenses. So we tested it out in the office, but again, I do find for these patients who are having some trouble with their stamina and near work, just giving that little bit of tape nasally just helps relax their visual system enough that they're able to get through and work a little bit more efficiently. Um, and we'll probably come back to this later, but in an ideal world, I probably would have had her come into the office to do some vision therapy, but due to her time constraints with her dissertation, she didn't really have extra time to spare right now. So instead I prescribed her some tonics to use at home. And the two filters I prescribed were Upsilon Omega and Mu Upsilon, the Upsilon Omega, which is a common headache filter, and then the mu epsilon, which is also a very common filter we prescribe with concussions to help start to rebalance that nervous system, get them a little bit more in that parasympathetic state, right? That she could use ideally daily and as visual breaks while she's trying to write and, and study and, and read and work, work through her challenging, right? Very screen-oriented demands. Right. So you touched on this a little bit. How, like, how often and what was her like treatment plan for the syntonics? Was it, you know, once in the morning, once in the evening? How did you kind of work that with her? Right. So typically with those cases, I do often recommend to do them later in the day. So 10 to 20 minutes daily. Sometimes I will suggest that they parse it out, meaning let's say she's been working for a few hours, she takes a 10 minute break, does five minutes with each filter, so Upsilon Omega followed by Mu Upsilon, then works a little bit longer, then takes another short break and does the filters. Sometimes for our patients who are having trouble with their sleep hygiene, falling asleep and staying asleep, I will recommend to do it in the evening closer to bedtime. Um, so it's somewhat dependent on how the patient is feeling that day, how much work they've been doing, how much screen time they've been using, right? And that's also just to go along with the, hopefully the, the visual, good visual hygiene that they're practicing by taking frequent breaks, reducing screen time, adjusting the filters on their screen, right? To make life a little bit easier when, you know, it's not like she can just drop her screens for a whole month, right? So just to make life a little bit more manageable in the short term. Beautiful. Now, what was your follow-up with her? Uh, because like you said, you had wished that you could do some vision therapy with her, but not, uh, sometimes you can't. I mean, it, it's a time commitment to come into therapy, right? At least once a week, if not twice a week, and then some homework on the side. So uh, how soon after did you see her for the follow-up and what did you find at that follow-up? Right. So, so this was a little bit spaced out. So we did do a phone call check-in about eight weeks later. And uh, part of the reason for that is my first exam with her was early March of 2020. <laughs> no. 
Um, so that was then May of 2020. So we weren't doing quite as much in person at that point. Um, but I at least wanted to touch base and see how she was doing. So at that kind of phone call, telehealth, she said she was feeling much better, that she reported the light therapy in particular had really been helping with her symptoms. She was no longer having any headaches at all. She was being careful with screens and taking breaks and she reported good compliance, meaning she was doing the light therapy pretty consistently every day. Um, in terms of her visual symptoms, she said she was pretty much back to normal, so more typical eye strain symptoms, but I would say not resolved 100%. And that she, in terms of the specific filters, she reported the Upsilon Omega in particular really made her feel better, that it, it was helpful with her sleep, having her get to sleep, and that with the new Upsilon, she might feel it in her eyes a little bit more. So maybe just a little bit more awareness when she was using that filter. But I had recommended at that point to continue doing some maintenance therapy until I was able to see her back, which was about six weeks after that. And when you saw her at that follow-up, is it, and do you typically prescribe like syntonics forever? Is it just um, until she feels better or was it that she would use it as like an as needed basis kind of go through that for our listeners. Right. So, yeah, so certainly I think syntonics in our practice is not necessarily meant to be a forever treatment. Certainly we do have some more uh, moderate to severe concussion patients who need to be using it somewhat long-term just because it's necessary for their recovery. But for most patients, I'd like to, them to use it three months, six months, right? And then maybe taper off or use it on an as needed basis. So this case is a pretty good example of that where I saw her pretty acutely after the injury. She was able to mostly resolve her primary symptoms. So by the time I had seen her again, I did recommend that she continue to use the filters only on an as needed basis. Because I know as a PhD student, even if she finished her dissertation, her screen and visual demands, like you said, are going to remain high. And I find that, again, the mu Upsilon filter in particular is a good maintenance filter. Now, right. sometimes, depending on what my results and testing are, we may change the filters that they're doing, right? So from a more acute filter like Upsilon Omega and Mu Upsilon, then maybe we switch gears and we go to more an Alpha Omega Mu Delta filter combination, right? So that's more of a skills filter, right? right. Working on, let's say, convergence and sufficiency or something like that. So it, it can be very patient dependent, but I find either mu delta or mu epsilon tend to be filters that we might hold on to a little bit longer. And some of the more intensive filters are ones that I like them to not have to be dependent on long-term. Right, right. You know, and I think, you know, listening to you and, um, you know, just starting into my syntonics journey, <laughs> this takeaway really for, for me is that the power of syntonics, right? Because she was one that couldn't do therapy, right? Traditionally, we'd be like, you need to do therapy, no ifs, ands, or buts. But by you were able to manage her in a very unique way, especially given the time of, 
uh, when we when you saw her right in that 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 early 2020 early pandemic phase where we really couldn't see people or we weren't seeing patients in office um and just you were still able to help her and change her life and get her through this really stressful time in her life because without your your intervention i don't know if she would have been able to right um and that's um and and i guess what was your takeaway? Like, what did you say to yourself about this case uh, as a as a practitioner? Well, I will have to say that this is one I've kind of kept bookmarked because I was just surprised at how one how quickly her recovery was in terms of her symptoms, right? And yeah, often when we have multiple interventions, which typically in practice we do therapy lenses prisms syntonics it's the patient can't always tell me oh it was this that made me feel better mm-hmm. right this was a very obvious case where she was like well when i do upsilon omega afterwards i feel better right so i think that was really helpful and also like you said very powerful for me right that i felt maybe a little bit more confident in other cases where patients might not be able to commit to therapy right away right where right. i can still give them something that's going to help with symptom management right that they can do today right, right. not have to wait weeks to to be able to see results and symptoms yeah i i think like that it really uh, we were saying the same things, you know, that this really is a case that shows the power of syntonics uh, and being able to help patients acutely is so important. And, you know, when I, I think the challenge as doctors, right, we have all these tools in our tool belt and, but sometimes patients aren't able to, to do all of the things that we want them to do, but being able to offer them something like this that they can do at home to get some of that relief until they can be more active in their recovery is really, really special. So now if you were to go back and do anything differently, would you like uh, to her approach to treatment or were you pretty happy with how everything kind of uh, fell out with the case? Well, I would say more long-term, I probably would have still come back and wanted her to maybe do some more active rehab, even though, so I did end up seeing her once after that in in June, so about six weeks after our telehealth, and certainly her findings had improved, but her stamina, again, was not where I would like it to be. Mm. I know we, you know, in optometry, especially with vision therapy, are definitely fixators on on numbers, (laughs) right? So her numbers weren't where I would have loved them to be. That would have been a turning point where I would have said, okay, well, you're mostly feeling better symptomatically, but because of your lifestyle, probably vision therapy would be helpful in this case, right? right? Um, But, you know, due to life reasons that was just not something that was possible for her at that point um and she actually ended up moving to a different university so i wasn't able to then follow up with her more long term um i did send her recommendations so hopefully she found one where she moved to but that's you know one of those things that it just more for closure from probably more for my sake than right right to see the progression of where she was, again, maybe three months post-injury, four months, and then ideally six months or a year out to see how how 
she was able to then recover and ma- maintain maybe those symptomatic improvements more long-term. Right. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you two last questions. So the first one is, what do you want our listeners to know about Syntonics? Like what's one thing that you always say about Syntonics that's a good takeaway for our listeners? And then the last question is the easy one is just let our listeners know where they can find you. Sure. So I think, you know, one of the biggest takeaways, and I say this to my patients all the time, is that Syntonics is a very non-invasive treatment, right? So even if they're maybe hesitant or not sure if it's going to be helpful for them, give it a try, right? It's because we send home goggles, it's not a really big financial burden to the patients, right? And we just see such dramatic changes that it, I think it's really worth any optometrist and especially any vision therapy optometrist to have this important tool right in their toolkit and in terms of finding us so we're located in Ithaca New York which I mentioned and uh, the practice name is whole picture so I think you posted the website but it's just whole picture Ithaca pretty easy to find us and yeah we look forward to seeing people. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Tanya, I just, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. This case really sold home for me, the importance of syntonics and the power of syntonics in and of itself um, to really change patients' lives. So thank you so much for joining us. And for our listeners, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Follow us at Twin Forks Optometry on Facebook and Instagram. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.